Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Legal Conversations. A warm welcome to our A-Team guest, uh, who's no stranger to the A-Team, Jared Poole, an admitted attorney and also a legal solutions manager at a tech startup called uh, Briefco, and he's a cost consultant uh, there. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Jared. Good evening. Hi, Patricia. Good to be back again. We are talking cannabis, right? And uh, the rules around yes. cannabis in South Africa are so sketchy and dicey. I'm so worried every time yes. I speak cannabis because I don't want anyone to <laughs> misunderstand me. <laughs> but I'm one who advocates for the med- medicinal use of cannabis because I was told that when I was much, much younger, I had ca- I had um, um, asthma. And my grandfather utilized cannabis leaves and made tea for me. And that's how my asthma was cured. And despite the fact that my mom was a medical practitioner and she had all the Western medicines that she could give me, all the pumps and whatever, you know. So I'm one who stands up for cannabis, um, but I'm always very wary because I'm not one who imbibes on it. I I don't take it right now, but I always worry around, you know, the health benefits that one can receive from cannabis but is withheld from them, you know, since we don't know what the laws are in South Africa. So let's start off by talking about the laws. Yes. So that's a a very interesting start, and I think it's a very um, important place to start so that we get context of this recent judgment. And a a while back, there was actually someone who was a legal practitioner um, who who went to court and he was trying to get admitted as an attorney, and it was a, a long matter that culminated in the constitutional court confirming that um, cannabis could be used uh, by adults for their own personal use in their in their, their homes. And that was a judgment that was handed down in September of 2018, which gave government 24 months to amend the current um, legislative um, um, environment that we find ourselves in, in order to begin for cannabis to be used uh, for private consumption. And the very interesting thing is that they, they created a suspensive um, order as well that gave government um, this timeline and said that if they did not develop a law within this timeline, then the temporary court order that was um, a part of this judgment would then become final. And so that judgment handed down, um, like I said, in September of, 20, um, of, of 2018 meant that government had to now um, go and develop a law which wrote about the, um, the the legislation that was relevant to this matter as well. So the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill um, then came about to try and help us understand the limits that were imposed in terms of possession of, of cannabis on a, an individual. Um, and look, I, I also I'm not a user at the moment, but I think this is a very generous amount that they said we are allowed to have. Um, and and uh, the amount that were included in the bill was essentially that um, as a household, you'd be able to have 100 grams, um, or oh, sorry, not 100 grams, but that you'd be able to, um, if you were a household of two adults or more, have 600 grams um, or 1,200 1, uh, grams of dried cannabis um, uh, in your household, which is quite a bit. And... Uh, the, the difficulty with the development that came wasn't necessarily with the fact that now you could use cannabis at home, but the effect that that would have on you when you went to work on Monday, as you said. And 
Palestine a very interesting uh, environment created around cannabis in the last few years as the law is always developing. And then came this very interesting matter out of the Labour Court in Johannesburg, which is where we find ourselves um, uh, over the judgment that came out um, and it was just delivered on the 1st of June. You know, Jared, when I'm thinking about uh, the South African employee who has been, well, uh, put out of work temporarily or possibly even permanently because of the use of marijuana. She went to work, right? And it's a workplace that has a zero tolerance policy towards alcohol and drugs. Um, oh. So people get um, to go under regular tests. And when um, this uh, particular person went in, um, she was placed then on a seven day cleanup leave just because there was cannabis in her bloodstream or in her urine. And um, and she didn't have any marijuana on her. She wasn't high or stoned or whatever the word may be to show that she's intoxicated, but her blood showed that she had marijuana. And I don't know if they investigated whether she was taking it recreationally or maybe she was using the oils to rub on her body or she was inhaling it under steam for healing purposes or she was using it as a herb to heal whatever ailment. But she was then put on suspicion. What does the law then say about this? Because if you as a family are permitted certain amount of grams of marijuana to utilize, um, why not then also permit for you to have it still in your bloodstream? Because it doesn't dissipate after 24 hours of use. And that's, and that's a very interesting one, and I think it's the reason why this matter was able to go all the way to the labor court with the kind of um, um, interest that it had. So in this particular matter, what had occurred was that um, the the employee was someone who was struggling a lot um, with a lot of health issues and, and had a lot of, um, you know, doubt about the medication that she was given by doctors. And um, what had happened was that she was on an array of different types of uh, um, prescribed pharmaceutical drugs, and uh, she was taking about 10 pills in order to, to ease the pain of just trying to fall asleep at night. And after the, 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 the Prince case, so the Prince matter, so that's a constitutional court, um, she gradually started moving away from these prescribed pills and started making use of, of uh, marijuana and cannabis oil in order to help um, ease anxiety. And then she also started using it recreationally as well, just to help with uh, the insomnia and, and, and anxiety as well. And what had happened was is that um, the the as you said, then the the um, employee tested positive um, for having um, marijuana in the system. And the crux of the matter is then where is the balance? Where do you decide that this is now is the something that you are invading in my personal um, time that I get to spend um, and how I get to make use of my time? And obviously you have to balance that against the safety of the workplace that the employer has a, um, a duty to create. And and this is the, the, the interesting um, dilemma that the court faced and had to weigh up with this for this matter in particular. Um, you know, with, with this uh, issue that went forward in, in the labor court and how it was argued, um, it was one in which certain actions were highlighted by the court, which could have then had a different light on how this matter was decided. And, you know, when we when we have matters decided in our court, it's on a case-by-case basis, which means that although this is an interesting judgment that came out now, it doesn't mean that it is a hard and fast um, uh, approach with 
any kind of um, uh, employment matter where the word cannabis comes up. It's just in this instance how the facts unfolded with this matter that resulted in the in the um, the, the dismissal being upheld. So since we're working on a case-to-case matter here um, with all these cannabis-related employee-employer, you know, investigations and inquiries, why is it that the law is not deeming it fit to have a blanket approach, like any other law, you know, um, you do A, B are the consequences. But with marijuana, it's now case-to-case. So A could equal Z, but A could also equal C, but A could also equal... Mm-hmm. We, we actually going to just ignore it because you are so and so. Why can't the South African government come up with a blanket approach? Because after all, we are living in uh, a time where cannabis is something that is really being looked at to becoming completely legalized. We find it in uh, our health stores, but as CBD, you know, the, it's, it's, it's the wording rather than just the product. Um, yes. So why can't we just have a blanket approach so that all those who are utilizing cannabis for medicinal or recreational use know where they stand? And employees are also not, um, you know, fa- feeling that they are being held under duress by the employer's mm. requirements of code of conduct. Mm. And, and, you know, this is a big criticism of the bill that's currently out is, as you state, that there is these there seems to be a bit of a lack of understanding on government side for the actual potential of what cannabis could be in our economy even because one of the big criticisms of the bill is that it doesn't make um, adequate um, uh, mention of the commercial viability of the the product and what it could be used for. And and moving back to the um, employment situation, you know, I think it's because that that lack of understanding that you have this very, um, you know, careful step-by-step approach that's being utilized where at, before it used to be that alcohol and, and cannabis, for instance, um, was classed in the same category. It was looked at as if it was the same thing. And now that it is sort of, you know, going back to one being illegal, one being, uh, one was allowed in terms of alcohol was allowed, you were allowed to go um, drinking on the weekend. Um, but, you, you know, no matter where you were, what, where you found yourself, you couldn't be smoking marijuana. Whereas now, because both are legal, there's a bit of a, um, a perception of the one um, that is differentiated as opposed to the other. And, and we need to get back to this to um, realize that these are very similar kinds of issues that we're dealing with. But because the product is different in terms of its effect and its usage, um, we have to come up with a specialized way of treating each product uh, as separate. So, very often you have a, a alcohol and drug policy and then the alcohol and drug policy also covers marijuana. And what we are seeing is that this is a, an inadequate approach to take because of the um, effects of marijuana, because of how long it stays in your system, and because of what it could mean for your working environment. I mean, in this instance, it was an employee who had an, an unblemished uh, disciplinary record and she had been working um, for this company, Apollo World, since 2007 already. Um, and all that time, never once did she give the, the, the company problems. And um, it is only when this issue came up that it became such a, 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 a big thing. And the one thing that the court highlighted was the fact that the approach by the employee uh, should have been a bit more open with the employer about, 
you know, the medical condition that she found herself in and what she was actually using um, the marijuana for. And they said that all the way the, the, the order, the judgment is worded, it seems as if that would have gone a long way to showing the intentions of the employee as not just um, uh, using the drug for recreational purposes or using the for recreational purposes, but also for all the averments that she included using it for. And and a big part of the matter rested on the evidence that was led in this proceedings, um, which is why I go back to saying it depends on the case-by-case basis, because they said that there was an inadequate um, 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 amount of evidence to show that she was indeed using it to um, ease her, her, um, her health um, ailments that she was having and to assist her with her spirituality as well. And and obviously it's a really difficult thing to always go and get 10 um, different reports in order to prove what you're trying to say, but uh, I feel like it could have gone a long way to convincing the court about uh, the usage of um, marijuana um, as part of uh, this employee's lifestyle to show that she was in actual fact not trying to you know, um, uh, woefully be ignorant, which is what it seemed, that, or what the court said it seemed that as if she was doing, and she knew about the policy that was in place and still chose to carry on using marijuana in, in private. You know, Jared, I think uh, the Labor Department um, needs to, uh, uh, to to understand where they stand <laughs> when it comes yeah. to marijuana and the use and the fact that, uh, I mean, uh, what trace of marijuana is going to be um, allocated in your blood or in your urine stream when you are tested? If you can go to a pharmacy right now, any retail pharmacy in South Africa, and find a CBD product, will that not yeah. leave traces of uh, marijuana or cannabis in your blood? in your urine if you have used it to a to to heal you from i'm not i'm not saying people should go out and and you know just do yeah. what they jolly well please but in south africa yeah. we are sitting in that position where uh, people are asking themselves if i plant it in my yard will i get arrested or not um am i allowed since i'm allowed to use it recreationally but what are the parameters so i think the legalization of marijuana needs to go hand in hand with an in-depth discussion from government to health practitioners to the retail sector that is currently capitalizing on marijuana and also to the farming sector and then employees and employers need to have this discussion because at the end of the day it seems like everyone is working on silos and we are not all doing one thing and it's very frustrating for us South Africans Um, look uh, I was telling Brabenzito that I'm I'm not smelling so grand right now you know I'm not smelling clean (laughs) because Mm. I had no power right so because I had Mm. no power I had to burn a fire okay so we were standing in Mm. front of the fire and having our supper there but just imagine if I had put my marijuana there you know because that's what I do for spirituality. It cleanses the aura. It's like uh, incense. Yeah. It's like impepo. It's like sage, right? And then you pour it yeah. on top of your coal there to cleanse the aura. I would have been arrested at work. So we need to get to a point as South Africans where we understand what the parameters are and the legalization should be D- d- deliberate and clear so we all know it's not fair what has happened to this uh, particular woman uh, being fired at work for just having marijuana in her bloodstream and in her urine but not being high it's really not fair what will happen in this case is she going to get um, assistance can anyone help her so in this particular case now the matter um, um, has been uh, concluded in terms of before the labor court 
Um, and so the, the way she brought the application before the court was that she said that the um, employer's um, um, policy that they had uh, was uh, discriminatory and it was automatically unfair. And so that was the basis upon which it came before the Labour Court. Um, and that that actual application was dismissed. Um, and it was also then ruled um, uh, that the uh, that the uh, dismissal of the employee was also a fair dismissal in that the prescribes of the situation um, never had a, a, a she never had a leg to stand on with how she approached the court. So at this point, it seems as if the labor court's um, um, standings uh, or findings will stand, sorry. Um, and in terms of what it means for other employees, I would say is that. It's not necessary to always um, try and, for instance, you know, stress too much about things that that are not before your door as yet. But what I would do is that if you find yourself in a place where you are uh, someone who is making use of cannabis products for medicinal reasons, that you actually uh, approach your employer with a conversation on maybe if you are a bit, you know, hesitant at first not to say, hey, look, I'm using, you know, cannabis and all of those things. But just to approach them and say, listen, what would your thinking be? How open-minded are you about these kinds of of issues? Because, as you say, it's not just about us trying to become a more regulated society, but we have to also take cognizance of things like cultural differentiations. And oh, what come on. Jared, I'm going to have to interject there. Come on now. Yeah. Does it mean everyone who has an ailment? Oh, guess what? I'm HIV positive. I must tell my employer so that my employer knows where to stand with me. Oh, guess what? Ngisangoma and I burn incense and sage. I must tell my employer. No, employers need to understand where their parameters are. If I'm coming to work and I'm bringing a skill and I'm bringing my knowledge, let my skill and my knowledge not be interrupted by anything. There's other things that I don't need to disclose. I don't need to be going around and saying, well, let's have this conversation because I want to keep my job um, and this conversation is around me uh, using marijuana or inhaling it for prayer reasons or for healing reasons I put in my tea no I don't think we should be getting there I, do, I really don't think it's fair because it's almost like I'm putting myself out to be to uh, to be hung at the slaughter, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm putting myself yeah. out. I, if we're not doing it for for really serious ailments, we're not doing it for mental health uh, illnesses, we're not doing it for, for spiritual disalignment, we're not doing it for HIV and cancer, why are we doing it for marijuana? So I think we also need to remember that although, you know, the purpose of us is to be allowed to use marijuana in our private um, uh, time and that, the, the critical... Uh, assessment of what the product does is that what is the effect that it's going to have on you while you are at the workplace. And that's a very unknown or very uncharted territory in terms of what we accept in the in the labor um, context of things at the moment. And so it's, it's very easy to say that, for instance, you are not actually high or stoned, but you can still come to work, um, do your job, but yet still have traces of marijuana in your in your blood. But how does that differentiate from when you are um, coming to to work uh, when you have marijuana in your blood, and on top of it, you're not stoned? So there's also very different different types of situations you could find yourself in. And I know a lot of employers are not understanding of you know what the employees do in their personal time and having that kinds of boundaries and stuff, but. You know, the, the one difficult thing with this court order is that, you know, the court is essentially 
wanting there to have been some kind of sign that she there wasn't just a woeful ignorance about um, you know going past the need to create a safe working environment as well. And it's a very it's a very delicate balance of where you are at in terms of you know trying to be the employer that's creating this balance versus uh, allowing your employees to do what they want. Um, with this with this particular matter, for instance, the biometrics um, that they use in order to enter the office, those um, privileges had been revoked from the employee as well, on mm-hmm. the basis that you know she would have first go through this whole program. So. It definitely is a very delicate um, uh, situation, and I, I agree with you that it's always, you know, especially when you get those certain employers that are very close-minded to, to different ways of living in that, it's a, it's a very contextual issue. But the last thing you want to do is to also, you know, have it come before some kind of, of forum and then have it, you know, be in the same context of this matter where there aren't that many differentiating factors and allowing it to flow down the same river, basically. Mm. You know, Jared, I wish I had more time to have this discussion. Uh, there's so much yeah. that has not been said. We've just touched the tip of the iceberg. Please give us your contact <laughs> details for A-teamers uh, to be in touch with you. Yeah, of course. Um, yes, so if, if the A-teamers are looking to continue the conversation, they can obviously reach um, me on all of our online platforms at, at Risco, Um And that is on all of our social media uh, platforms. We have a, a LinkedIn following um, that we are, are trying to um, grow and, and interact with. So um, on LinkedIn, we are Briefco. Um, and then also, if you'd like to make use of my email, it's jared at briefco.co.za. That's J-A-R-E-D at briefco.co.za. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jared.